0: Gaming now are establishing a foundation in fashion. There's tons of gamers in the world right now. And, and, and what's happening is many, many fashion brands are starting to, to take part in that. In creating these virtual worlds and what's happening now is more and more fashion brands are starting to put their products within games whether it is characters being able to buy skins if you will which are just kind of outfits and their branded products whether it be burberry or gucci or balenciaga or these type of uh, companies more and more of them are doing that as a, as a means of building brand awareness This week,
1: we are brought to you by Attest. Attest is a consumer research platform that enables brands to make customer understanding a competitive advantage with continuous insights. By combining unparalleled speed and data quality with on-demand research guidance, the platform makes it simple and fast to uncover opportunities with consumer data and grow without guesswork. Hello, and welcome to the shiny new object podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative. And this is a weekly podcast about the future of the marketing and advertising industry. Every week, I have the pleasure and the privilege of interviewing someone who is influential, important, interesting, all those things. And I am on a call with Gary Plunkett who is Chief Commercial Officer, Detail by Pixelpool. Gary, for anyone who doesn't know who you are and what you do, could you give us a bit of an overview?
0: Sure. Uh, hey, Tom. Uh, thanks for having me. I uh, really appreciate being here um, in terms of the, 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 the long to the short of my career, basically. I, uh, I have over 20 years experience in fashion, uh, from traditional fashion. Uh, I started my career in, uh, at a department store called the Bonton, which is actually no longer functioning. Uh, from there, I, I worked for Tommy Hilfiger for a little over 10 years. And then transitioned to working for a denim brand uh, called G Star uh, in, in Europe. Uh, and then from there, basically decided I wanted to step away from fashion, actually. And I, I started my own company and started um, started two companies, actually, one of a consultancy company, and another one was just kind of a passion project having to do with vinyl. Uh, And then I took anything other than fashion-related jobs uh, for the consultancy uh, um, uh, company I created. Uh, And then basically, um, while doing that, I was searching for uh, something more future thinking uh, and came upon a role with uh, PixelPool that was launching... Uh, a new uh, digital platform uh, to service the fashion industry, actually. Um, but kind of bringing the fashion industry into, into digital technology and into 3D. Uh, and for me, that sound perfect. It got to leverage uh, my over 20 years experience in traditional fashion, while also uh, forcing me to learn something new uh, in terms of digital and uh, uh, and and kind of something more future forward. Uh, thinking. So, uh, that's basically how I ended up where I am uh, today.
1: So, we'll get to pixel Pool in a bit, but just getting to know you a bit first. So, in terms of your career, how do you want that to be remembered?
0: I, I want my career to be remembered based on the people I helped along the way, actually. I think I, I benefited a lot from... Um, a number of amazing uh, women executives in in my career who who saw something in me and gave me a chance and and challenged me and and recognized that I I needed to be given new um, challenges along the way to keep me interested. Uh, And I think I've I've tried to to pass uh, that forward in in looking for young talent and believing in them and pouring into them and helping them along the way. And I think uh, I think thus far, my track record has 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 shown as much. Uh, if I look back at the number of people who've reported me to me through the years, uh, they've moved on quite nicely in in their career, uh, and we still touch base every now and again and kind of joke about how green they were when when I first hired them um so so from. So from that perspective, that's how I'd like my career to be remembered—not uh, just by the accomplishments that I've done from a from a business perspective, but also the people that I also was able to to help progress uh, help progress their career as well.
1: Yeah, I'm a big believer in that. I think it'd be really sad to be at the end of your career and just think about different decks you've made and stuff Like, and in KPIs you'd be. It, it, I really hope I look back on my career and think, like, oh, wonderful people I got to work with, you know, that would be great. So really nice to hear that. So going on to marketing, what, is your top marketing tip? What is your silver bullet bit of advice that you find yourself sharing most often?
0: Yeah, that's that one. Uh, uh, that's a tough one because it's it's uh, for me at least. For me, it's a little bit tough because there's a bit, two two parts to it. Um, for me, it, it's it, it's about trying different things uh, to validate a marketing position and and then embracing the pivot, which is a a very much kind of a a lean startup methodology, a way of kind of looking at marketing. But I think that's important. I think, um, uh, the old school way of just kind of, uh, uh, sticking to your guns and putting this thing out there and not learning from it in terms of how the market's responding to it, but also, um, uh, uh, how you, your company feels about it or not. I think it's good to gather information from what you're putting out there. And once you've got get gathered enough and kind of, um, uh, established kind of what the way forward is, um, then it's just, then you, then you push forward and then it's repetition, right? It, it's say, it, say it again and then say it again after that. Um, but the key point is, is is trying different things and, and learning to pivot uh, from that, uh, to come to a final, uh, uh marketing goal if that makes sense.
1: So we're going to come on now to your shiny new object, which is gaming technology. So I think I know what the marketing application of this is, something I think I've been thinking about. And I would really like to hear why gaming tech is your marketing shiny new object and why that represents the future for you.
0: Uh, it is interesting enough because um gaming now has like a, 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 are establishing a foundation in fashion um, there's there's tons of gamers in the world right now and 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 what's happening is many, many fashion brands are starting to to take part in that in creating these virtual worlds um, including uh, not just fashion but also even artists, you know um Travis Scott did a whole concert in a game, basically, where, uh, you know, millions of people came and and, and attended that and and watched it um, uh, from from a gaming console, essentially. Uh, And and what's happening now is more and more fashion brands are starting to put their products within games, whether it is. Um, characters being able to buy skins, if you will, which are just kind of outfits. Um, and, and they're branded products, whether it be Burberry or Gucci or Balenciaga or these type of uh, companies. Um, uh, more and more of them are doing that as a, as a means of, of building brand awareness. Um, you know, if you have a character in the game that's called, you know, Gucci boy uh, and, and in real life, you're not wearing Gucci, it seems kind of a disconnect. Um, so it's uh, it, it creates a scenario where uh, you potentially also want to live your persona outside of the game. But also, if you've never heard of this brand and you like the skin that you bought, you know, next time you walk up past a store of that brand, you may be more interested to go into it as well. Uh, so it, it, so anyway, yeah. the long to the short is gaming is becoming more and more important uh, in the fashion industry, uh, not only from a, a marketing and, and brand awareness perspective, but also because uh, more and more fashion brands are, are delving further and further into 3D, uh, designing in 3D um, and, 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 and creating you know, full collections in 3D without a single sample being produced and then using that to sell to the market. Um, and and as a result, gaming comes into play there because you can do way more with 3D garments in a gaming and uh, a game setting uh, than you can in just you know uh, uh, a 2D um, or, or even on a grid view um, in a traditional kind of e-commerce way of selling. You can put 3D items there as well, but in a gaming environment, uh, that product can actually do something. It can dance, it can run, it could It could uh, have a fashion show. Uh, it just becomes way more interactive and way more interesting. So it's
1: so exciting to hear you say this because um, I grew up in the, the 90s, really. And the idea that gaming would have anything to do with fashion seems so wild. But the, the case you make is brilliant. But what I'm trying to work out, and I would love to know if you have any data on this, is what is the crossover in terms of a consumer, right? So you've... You know the, the outdated stereotype of a gamer is a you know, spotty 15-year-old kid and the outdated luxury consumer or fashion consumer is someone probably 10 years older than that with some uh, uh, expendable income. So what is the overlap now? Someone said to me recently that there's so many gamers, you can't really talk about gamers anymore. It's a bit like saying people who watch movies you know, or people who watch Netflix or something. So what is the overlap? So yeah, sure, on Fortnite, you could buy Balenciaga gear. You could get the, the white like hoodie for... Ten dollars or five hundred dollars in the store, or something around that. And I thought I was interesting, but like, who who is that crossover? Who who are these people playing Fortnite that have got seven hundred dollars to spend on a white hoodie? Well, no, that's a very very good question because it's um,
0: uh, it's. <laughs> They they don't necessarily have that money to spend on that hoodie, but they can spend the the nine ninety nine for the uh, the skins to have it in their in their in their gaming uh, scenario. So it, it it creates two two avenues actually. So there are people who are gaming that that do have that money, um, but because more and more people are investing time and energy into their gaming persona. Um, you know, that, that 9 that 999 uh skins that they bought, um, you know, imagine uh, 10,000 people buying that same thing to wear in, in when they're playing a, that particular game with their own friends or so on and so forth. So as a multiplier, um, the brands tend to end up, you know, make, can make you know, good money um, just dressing your, your video game avatar or a video game character. Um, uh, so, so there's, there's a a commercial model, uh, for that. And then in addition to that, you know, if they are able, uh, over time because they're making more money or uh they ask mom and dad for whatever uh maybe it's not the hoodie that's being bought but maybe it's a, maybe it's a keychain maybe it's something mm-hmm. smaller that's a bit more accessible uh versus the 700 uh, euro uh hoodie it, it's something else that that's easier um to to uh to have and be able to wear um in in the physical world versus the 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 video world
1: I'm really interested to know how the media works the other way, right? So, for example, someone who's playing Fortnite who hasn't, who isn't interested in fashion at all, for argument's sake, so consequently doesn't like go running fashion websites or watch any runway stuff or read any print magazines or has anyone who hangs out who already wears any of that stuff? Like, where are they getting this exposure that someone, something like Balenciaga is even cool in the first place or even desirable or, or even luxury? Like, I. I have no interest in fashion, Gary. And you can tell by looking at me, basically. Um, it's horrendous. And so, like, someone might say, oh, such and such as that. It's, I have no expect no exposure to that person. So if that person showed up in a game, and I do game, uh, not a great deal, but like casual mobile stuff. If that person showed up, I would be like, oh, I've never heard of you. So how does it work the other way around if you in order to create desire for the virtual goods there needs to be a media that isn't the game itself presumably or am i reading that wrong
0: um yes and no i mean i think um if you think of a gaming and I'm, I'm not a big gamer, if I'm honest, so it's the part of the fascination for me right now is delving more and more into that world. Um, the part of it is, is this, so in in any gaming situation, you have multi, multiplayers uh, coming to an environment and interacting in some way, shape or form. Um, and, and, you don't have to be aware that, you know, what Balenciaga is or whatever it is. It could just be this character is wearing a cool outfit that, or you think it's a cool outfit. Well, the fact that you have the options to change your outfit could be interesting to you. Um, and this outfit by Balenciaga uh, may be the one that you gravitate towards. So from that perspective, you know, without even knowing anything about the brand, uh, you could just say, I want this. And that still rings up as a, as a purchase. Right. For that for that brand at the end of the day, because you must just bought that skin. Um, and then I mean, a different thing happens psychologically. Right. Whether it is you 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 suddenly start realizing that all the skins made by this brand or, you know, speaks to you then, then you kind of gain something that way. And then from a physical perspective in the outside world, maybe, and maybe you Google and find out, well, what is this? And then you learn something or, or, you know, that's interesting to you or not, but within the, within the gaming world, what's interesting is that, uh, it can take you out of the gaming world so that in the physical world, you're interested in that brand, but you could also, um, stay just within the gaming world and just bounce around from brand to brand without necessarily knowing more about that brand heritage, other than the fact that you like how they design a particular skin, just like in the physical world, you like how they design their hoodies or their shoes over this or that brand. It becomes a a, a, a preference based on what you like. And that will change. You know, where I think more and more players may bounce around from, from different uh, brands uh, offering Uh, without necessarily knowing uh, everything about that brand in terms of its heritage and what makes it who it is.
1: So I'm assuming that Pixelpool have an answer for all this. And I would love to know more about what the product is, how it works, and how detailed specifically is it addressing this fascinating opportunity that you guys
0: have clearly invested in? Sure. I mean, well, right now... um, you know, excuse the slang, but like everybody and their mother is basically designing in 3D now, like a number of different brands from the beginning stages to some who are way more advanced. And what's happening is they, they're, you know, have more and more designs in 3D. And the question is, well, what do I do with this? Uh, and and what we offer is we we basically built a platform called Detail that's built on a, on a, the Unreal game gaming engine, where we basically created a virtual world in which uh, you can create virtual twins of of physical spaces, so whether it be a store or a showroom or a house or your office even, Tom, where we can create a virtual twin of that where. All the items in it, whether it be, you know, a table or a chair or a fixture can be moved around as, as just like a video game, it's picking something up from one place and placing it someplace else to basically create a space that is, could be used for, for selling. So you could use it to present to a buyer to then sell a product on those particular fixtures. So your 3D garments can then be incorporated into the space uh, by yourself. You can place it however you want it to be placed. Uh, and then you can sell that to you know to a buyer, or you could use it um, with more and more people now uh, working from home. You could basically use that um, as a means for everyone to kind of log into that space together. Um, and and while someone takes control of of the of the uh, controls and moving through the space, uh, putting products here there or whatever, uh, you as a team can determine kind of how your collection comes together. Uh, by looking at it in totality and how that could uh, land on a selling floor, um, for example. Um, so that's that's one way, uh, kind of the starting place. But for us, our vision is is to think way out the box, outside the box. I mean, the whole nature of gaming is that you're able to create these. You know, unrealistic worlds that you can in, in interact with with characters and so on and so forth. So our position is, you know, why why can't you do that in fashion? You know, why can't you um, uh, display or sell your products in some fantastical world, whether it be in space or in the clouds or or under the earth or within a mountain or whatever it is? Why does it have to be this four wall space with a floor and uh, and and traditional mm-hmm. fixtures? Why not reimagine um, uh, how you uh, present yourselves to the overall market and, and how your product uh, function is displayed um, to, to create a, a just much more dynamic and interesting experience from a selling as well as um, um, uh, marketing or, or, or you know, merchandising perspective.
1: So can you give us a case study? Who's doing this well?
0: Who's doing it well? Um, hmm. I'm sitting here debating now if I can mention brands that we're working with. Um, I, I think there's there's a number of brands that that are at a high level in terms of where they are with their 3D maturity. Um, I think top of mind, I'd say H and M and Nike are, are two of the brands that are really um, doing very interesting things with how they're evolving 3D. Um, uh, I cannot get into details there in terms of exactly what they're doing, but in terms of how the market's evolving and who really has an idea of, 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 of thinking ahead and how they can capitalize upon that. I'd say that those two brands are doing some really interesting things and really pushing the envelope in terms of what they're able to bring to the market from a 3d perspective, uh, but also in general, from a digital perspective uh, It's very impressive.
1: So what are we going to see in the next 12 months? From this space, what firsts are going to come out?
0: What firsts are going to come out? Well, I mean, I think for right now, obviously, what's all a buzz is the whole thing about uh, the metaverse and so on and so forth. So I think gaming technology um, will help to make that a reality uh, in, in a much more interesting and dynamic way uh, where... You can you know just like now you have um multiplayer games that you can go in and kind of be functioning in a space together and you see that other character moving around you know in one corner versus the next um the the metaverse is going to you know have similar type of um uh realities uh going coming about and gaming technology can help with that uh where you are able to to interact um in the space, with 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 multiple players, multiple people um, uh, going through a similar experience, which I think is 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 interesting to me, and and I always kind of lay a parallel with kind of how social media uh, allow you to kind of experience somebody else's world because they you know they took a picture of their food or they took a picture of themselves on on holiday and this amazing place that you never thought of before. I think with gaming technology, you'll now be able to kind of enter that space virtually, um, which is interesting. Uh, the sky becomes a in terms of what you're able to then experience and allow your, 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 your friends, family, or strangers uh, to also experience uh, based on uh, what you can create and think up and then execute uh, using gaming technology as well as other 3D and digital technologies. Unfortunately,
1: we are at the end of an episode and... We could have done this for a few hours, I think. Unfortunately, but you've done a really beautiful job of presenting a very exciting future and, and the role that you guys play in that. So, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how would you like them to do it?
0: Easiest, you, you could reach out to me on on on, on LinkedIn. Uh, you could reference um, Shining New Object podcast that you you heard me do a talk and would love to to speak more about it. Um, I'm always open uh, to engage and just and also share my 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 whatever I've learned from from this space uh, with whoever is interested. Um, I think that's the easiest way to reach out to me.
1: Fantastic. Well, Gary, thanks so much
0: for your time. Thank you. Appreciate the time and thanks for having me. Hi.
1: Just before you go. if possible, don't forget to subscribe. And I'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, If you'd like to speak on the podcast, or be a guest or you think I'm asking the wrong questions, anything, I'd be super interested to hear what you think. So please email me at tom at automatedcreative.net. That's T-O-M at, I'm not going to bother spelling it. Anyway, you'll work it out. Thanks so much.